Hello, I'm Huronzani and welcome to Tales of Baroque. With an imminent return to the concert hall just over the horizon, today for a very special tale of Baroque music making and carol singing, I'm joined by the sublime soprano Belinda Montgomery. Now, many of you may recognise her voice and know Lindy as the Brandenburg Choir's longest-serving member. Together, we're going to revisit Noel Noel music past, present and future. So, wherever you are, sit back, relax and join Lindy and I in celebrating 21 years of Noel Noel festive magic this year in 2021. Hello, Lindy. How are you doing today? I'm well, Hugh. How are you? Very well, thank you. Firstly, thank you very much for finding the time to join me on the program. I know your schedule is always very hectic and even more so at this time of year. That is very true, um, but you're very welcome. (laughs) Always happy to help out. Now, any of our listeners who have put on one of the Brandenburg's several Noel Noel CD releases or sat down and enjoyed a Noel Noel concert featuring the Brandenburg Choir would have heard your beautiful voice. But as this is your first time on the program, perhaps you could tell our listeners who you are, what you do, and your connection with the Brandenburg. Right. Well, I'm Lindy Montgomery. I'm probably on the program as Belinda Montgomery, but I'm rarely called Belinda Montgomery. Um, I am a high school music teacher and choir director, former teacher of Hugh Ronzani, well, (laughs) at the place where Hugh Ronzani went to school. Um, And I also, over the last 20, 30 30 years really, have um, been a very keen chorister throughout Sydney and have sung with lots of choirs, including the wonderful Australian Brandenburg Orchestra Choir. And I probably came to the choir, I know at least, I have a score from 2001 and it was probably yes, even that's earlier right. than that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think I might have, maybe Nadia Piave, that marvellous woman, might have introduced me. Uh, the choir was very small at first and I know mm. I definitely wasn't in it for the first year or two or at least Dobbin, somebody yes. like that. Anyway. Somebody put my name forward and um, there I was singing along in what was in those days a very small choir, maybe only three or four per part. Per so part. certainly. Yes, and indeed, some- I think Peretta was the first male alto, Peretta Ankirk, oh, to yeah. actually come on board and because there were certainly female altos at the start of the, um, the Brandenburg Choir. Yeah, that's right. And um, uh, it's interesting. A, a, a funny Facebook memory came up recently, a photo of Peretta. Peretta put up this memory. It was myself and Peretta, Corin and maybe Richard Black. And we were singing the, that French carol, Quelle uh, est cette agréable? Yes, yes. We, yeah. I remember we did all these Baroque gestures with the with the text. It was one of Paul's um you know, ideas to go along with that particular theme that year and and we were all madly trying to memorise the words so that we didn't have to use our music so that we could do our gestures. Of course, of course. And this is synonymous with Noel Noel and and especially the Brandenburg side of things. But for many people, the festive season is synonymous with things like family, friends, delicious food and going to the beach when it's not raining. But but perhaps in this first excerpt, I'd like to play this Veni Veni Emmanuel tune on something like bells here. Maybe maybe that might strike a chord with with listeners, too. 
Now, this was the tune to Vanny Vanny Emmanuel that the Bedford brothers had actually put together as the Brandenburg Bell Ringers, um, which was a feature of several of the early, earliest um, Noel Noel themed concerts. Very much so, yes. And we um, we were only remembering that the other night. And then also there was a memorable concert where where we as choristers used handbells ourselves. And we I can't remember, I had one note and Sam Madison next to me had another note and she gave her bell a very big clang and the the little there's a little ball I think that hits the bar and the ball came flying off and hit Tommy Anderson. <laughs> um, yes. Picked it up later. Yes, uh, that's quite funny. Yeah. And what other things does does this time of year mean for you then, Lindy? What I mean, I've given more of a general description. Is this a time when you've got a lot of singing to do? Oh, for sure. Um, you know, Christmas is one of those times. Everybody wrote Christmas music, whether it's long, you know, Christmas oratorio or Messiah or there's carol singing or particularly being a school teacher, there's always Christmas concerts and carols and, um, you know, services, those sorts of things to prepare for. So it's it's always really busy. Mm. I actually did just turn down the opportunity to sing in um, a Christmas Eve service because <laughs> I'm just so madly busy and by the time I get to Christmas Eve, I think I just want to curl up in a in a um, a ball and and just get ready for the next day and and get through all of that food and family and all of those things that you mentioned. Yes. Yes. And is there a difference then when you get together, seeing as you have been involved in the Brandenburg Choir for so long now, is there a difference when you get together with the other members of the Brandenburg Choir? Oh, totally. I mean, I think we started off mainly only doing Christmas concerts and then um, we became a popular part of the Brandenburg yearly uh, routine and so then Paul started putting on different concerts throughout the year as well of of, of other various things handlesticks at dominos or um, bar cantatas or various other things like that and um, yeah I, I think the choir has been quite consistent throughout throughout the years lots of us have now been in the choir for a long time. And mm. and while there are some people in the choir who I see regularly all the time, there are other people who I just catch up with at ABO and it's just lovely. You know, we do have this almost cliched idea of the Brandenburg family, but it is a cliche because it is true. You know, we yes. do sort of pick up where we left off and catch up with those same people every so every couple of times a year yes. and... Um, it's just lovely. It's part of the tradition. And there are some of those traditions that um, obviously create that sense very quickly. And one of them is is Paul having shared his uh, his Christmas cake tradition with all of us as an annual event. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, uh, certain uh, certain pandemics have put a stop to that for the last couple of years. But um, but just you know, that's something that I certainly remember from my first times in the choir. And um, and it was just a, a lovely ensemble to sing with. Um, you know, everyone was there for the right reasons and enjoying themselves while they were doing it. Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, it's 50% music and 50% fun and other people, I think, that that keeps bringing us back mm. to the group. Yeah, sure, we, we're serious. We take our music making and our singing very seriously. But, you know, one of the things that's lovely about Brandenburg is that as an organisation, they make the choristers really feel part of the whole place, mm. even throughout the year when, when there aren't, 
choral concerts on, you know, we're invited to go to Brandenburg events or invited Mm -hmm. to come to concerts and things. And it's it's really lovely. We're treated as professionals and um, and just, you know, uh, part of the whole organisation, not just the choir and then yes. the, the musicians. And, yet yeah, certainly food and those sorts of things have to do with it. And since also I think since we started doing concerts in Melbourne as well too, it's sort of that that little adventurous going away for a weekend and, mm. and um, spending time uh, outside of the concert hall with each other too, which is really fun. And in fantastic news, I mean, that's what's going to happen this year. We're actually going to get you down to Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> that is very exciting. Yes. Uh, we're all looking forward to that, even though flying will be, well, will be my first flight post-pandemic. Well, I shouldn't even put those two words together because really we're not post-pandemic as yet. Yes, but, as yet. Um, Going back to the start of things um, once more, though, what do you remember about the Brandenburg and how was the feel uh, when you first joined the choir? Obviously, Sarah McCliver was soloist for the first Noel concert that you were involved in, and you actually had some duets with her too. Well, how lucky was I? I mean, uh, Sarah was probably the first in a long series of, you know, beautiful singers that have been... um, featured in the Noel Noel concerts over the years. Mm. Um, I do remember, I don't think it was the first concert that we did with Sarah. There was there was a memorable year where she was very with child and we were we were all quite concerned that perhaps we were going to reenact the birth of Jesus on stage. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was very, very pregnant, but um, it never seemed to affect her voice at all. She just got the most, and still does. I'm so jealous because as I'm aging, I don't think I can do, um, I can't sing nearly as, as well as I did when I was younger and I wish I took it, hadn't taken it for granted so much. But it was just beautiful to sing with Sarah and and um, she's a gorgeous person and she's just one of many, you know, lovely soloists who've come along to sing with us in Noel and um, I'd, I'd love to get in the point actually that, one of the really lovely things over the years and one of one of the great things about being, you know, one of the longest uh, serving members of the choir is that there's just been a procession of really great singers and, and mm. something that, that Paul does brilliantly is that he, he just picks talented people and puts the spotlight on them and just gives them, um, gives them a real chance in uh, what is such a, a lovely, warm, um, forum, if you like, you know, mm. everybody's come to the concert to enjoy the Christmas music. They hear this new singer for the first time, and and there's just a, a lovely give and take there. Well, as you were saying, I mean, being in the limelight certainly isn't easy sometimes, and especially when heavily pregnant. I'm sure that was an added complication that Sarah <laughs> um, well, it didn't seem to face it. It didn't seem to face it, but she really is uh, a still a fantastic professional, and her performance um, in uh, in Higher Angels, especially the Karl Heinrich Graun aria that she she sang, uh, reenacting the role of Cleopatra. There, it's just uh, it was tra le procelli. It was fantastic singing. As a music teacher, Lindy, I'm sure you've been yeah. asked the question many times by students, how to deal with performance anxiety. So what sort of things do you do to prepare ahead of a concert or a, a longer sort of concert series like Noel Noel? Mm-hmm. Well, look, it, it is really important to um, make sure that you're 
you're ready for the, the stamina that's involved in doing a long series of concerts. Um, as far as nerves and things go, I think for students, I always try and, and encourage them to just put themselves into the position where they're going to be nervous, whether it's just singing in front of their parents mm. or playing in a little concert or whatever, and just getting used to sitting with those nerves. They're never going to go away necessarily, but but what I think really helps is to have some positive experiences under your belt where you've been nervous but you've managed to get through mm. and people haven't been able to pick that you're nervous and and, uh, uh, and you think, all right, I can get away with this, I can still be nervous but still sing or perform really well. And once you've had a few positive experiences like that, then then the nerves do lessen a little bit and you can sort of be more on top of it more on top of it and more in control of your performance. Mm. And this really echoes a lot of, um, I think, the practical experience that I had. And I was very lucky to have teachers like yourself, Lindy, because the number of concerts and, and, you know, weddings and funerals and things that I was involved in while I was at high school meant that getting on the larger stage, getting up to the big stage was actually not so daunting. Yeah, that's right. So those early, I think those early positive experiences in front of a crowd. Mm. I mean, we can all get that love from the crowd. And, and I guess when you're a student as well, often the people in the crowd are your family and friends. And so you can sort of feel feel their uh, positive vibes and they're willing you on. And so, yeah, I just think a few a few positive experiences like that under your belt can, can really go a just long way. Yes. Up. Yeah. yeah. Now, it's fair to say that some of the repertoire, as you were saying before, that Paul has selected for previous Noel Noel concerts is not essentially what most people would associate with Christmas or the festive season, but there's a general no. vibe about Noel Noel, isn't there? Oh, yeah. It's, I think it's all about joy. You know, uh, it, it's not necessarily Christmassy. Yes. I think one day we had, uh, we had this gorgeous singer who'd been on Australian Idol or something like that. And I, I'm terrible. I can't remember her name, but we sang Burt Bacharach, This Guy's In Love With You and, and <laughs> a couple of jazz standards, you know, very un-Christmassy, yes. but, but in amongst it was other Christmas music. Christmas, and yes. it, it was just that sort of festive side of it. One of the tracks that springs to my mind was in 2010, actually, and you were talking about Baroque gesture before, and there was certainly a lot of gesturing going on in this piece as well as other things, the Chacona La Vida Bona by Juan Arañez. Now, uh, now perhaps I'll, I'll just put it on for our listeners, and then uh, then we'll we'll talk about it after that. Okay. I do remember this one. It certainly sounds like you're all having a fabulous time. And I, in fact, remember the smiles of your faces on stage. Uh, yeah, the, um, in typical fashion, 
Uh, it was a very perilous tempo that was often taken in pieces <laughs> like that. Uh, I feel there may have been some maracas involved sometimes, or certainly some some uh, miming of maraca players mm. potentially by Paul. Certainly some bottom wriggling out the front there. Uh, our lovely friend Michael or Miguel doing his. Uh, Warm up act there at the beginning. He's off, but there's another one, Ryu Ryu to you as well. Yes. He all does lots of flamboyant Spanish stuff that I don't understand, but yeah. you know. <laughs> um, and yeah, that one, it's that's just all about the rhythm, um, tricky rhythms, tricky words to mm. get out actually, but it's just such a fun piece to sing. And and Tommy, um, Tommy there, and and the percussionist as Brian, well, just yes. sort of. Yes. Yeah, Brian, yes. yes. I'm not sure Bri- no, well, I think that you was Brian Nixon. Of course, Jess Champer being the other percussionist who's often come in for Noel Noel's too. That year was also a year where a piece of my own was actually being sung by the by the <laughs> choir, if you if you recall as well. I do recall. And you know, just like I was saying before about the parade of wonderful soloists, you know, people like Siobhan Stagg and Max mm. Rebel and um, you know, other other singers who weren't very well known at that time but Paul sort of picked them up and and promoted them and exactly the same with young composers as well Mm. like yourself um like Tristan like Alice Chance like Alex Palmer you know just featuring uh young composers on their way up uh, giving them a, a chance in a concert where people are definitely going to come they're going to come to hear the Christmas music and while they're there They'll also hear some, you know, beautiful new music as well. Yes, and it's really, it really is um, often uh, a whim that Paul will have. He needs a particular sound for this particular Noel Noel because he has done so many of them now. You know, we're up to number twenty-one. He he tends to have themes running through most of them, and and then comes to a spot and and, and he thinks, oh, wouldn't it be great to have you know a blazing fanfare or or you know I I need an arrangement of the little drummer boy, and that's what I wanted to play for you next because again right. i mean there are some interesting things that came out of this performance um i i actually distinctly remember some walking on and sighing and gestures uh <laughs> from yourself as part of the the soprano trio in this track yes are you going to play it yes or of course yes, all right <laughs> And indeed, as the the beautiful baritone saxophone walks you down the uh, down, down to the front of the stage, there, um, we could even hear a few uh, laughs in the audience. Yes, well, there was a bit of sashaying going on. I must say, there were three of us sashaying our way out to the front, but I'm I'm fairly sure Paul would have been sashaying as well <laughs> as that introduction was being played. That was a fun one too. I think there was there was a little bit of mild choreography going on there with certainly some swaying. It's almost a bit hula dancing like mm. for that one. 
Yes. Yeah. No, the feel that Tristan's created in his arrangement really is quite special, and audiences may recall um, this uh, piece was was actually performed last year as well as part of the 2020 uh, program in the live concerts, um, where uh, Michael Scott Mitchell on um, on a big screen had uh, literally a massive image of a, the drummer from In Excess as. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I yeah. And oh, it, uh, that was a year ago. Yes, yes only. <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't a test, a memory test, uh, but I, I'm going to Thank play you, you the, the next track too. You mentioned Alice Chance, and this has always been one of those tracks that I've just enjoyed from the, the Celtic uh, Christmas album that was released in 2014. Now, I mean, while not inherently Christmas, I hear sleigh bells from Brian uh, in the percussion section and this wonderful sound of the choir. What was it like yeah, being involved in this work? Well, um, from memory, that was uh, there were uh, quite a few arrangements of Alice's in that concert. Mm. And um, I think she has a particular affinity having been a, uh, a young singer in... Sydney Children's Choir, and she's also a gamba player as well, too. Uh, I do recall she played gamba for her HSC music. She was in the encore concert. And so I think she's really got um, just a lovely feel for those those dance rhythms of the mm. Baroque and um, just, you know, you could hear those lovely canonic elements in there and, and um, really highlighting the the purity of the upper voices as well too and yeah that was really lovely but as I said before too just nice to hear a young composer a young female composer long before you know now she's living in Paris and she's she's um been a musical director of a fantastic production at Belvoir Street and you know she's doing brilliantly and she's probably still in her 20s <laughs> but uh, I could be wrong about that but she's still very young but you know, just having a chance to to work with existing material as well, too. Unlike mm. you, I think you came up with you you weren't arranging a piece. You you no, that was my own composition. Yes, yes, that's right. But but I think for young composers as well, the chance to arrange pre existing Christmas music but put their own individual stamp on it is really lovely as well. And I think I should mark the point that uh, sometimes arranging music can actually be more prove more difficult than composing from a, a fresh start with a, f a fresh slate. Mm -hmm. Um, simply because some material comes with particular baggage. And Celtic tunes, you know, they, they probably are quite well-known tunes. And in certain circles, I mean, people will be dancing and tapping and singing along. And, and so it means you would have to almost strictly adhere to certain rhythmic devices because yeah, otherwise true, true, you, yeah. you'll, you'll probably get into the um, poor situation of having people be upset with the fact that they can't follow along tapping with their foot as they regularly would. Yes, right. That's, that is the other side of the coin, yes, definitely. So, Lindy, what should we expect to hear and see in this very special 21st edition of Noel Noel? Well, look, I think um, part of this year's program is just this idea of coming back to performing. 
Uh, we're revisiting some pieces that we've done before, you know, two choruses from Messiah. I mean, it's so associated with Christmas. Mm. We've we've done the whole work before, but it's just lovely to revisit. Um, they're, they're just such fun to sing. We rehearsed them the other night and, and it's just like, ah, putting on a pair of really comfortable shoes that you haven't worn for a while and thinking, oh, they, they still fit. They're, they're just <laughs> lovely. Um, also, we often do some Renaissance music, uh, mm. so a few movements from the bird, mass for five voices, mm. beautiful. Um, I'd forgotten, uh, we rehearsed the other night the Nativity Carol and I was thinking, oh, have I sung this one before? You know, my bad memory is a bit of a theme running through here, but as soon as we started singing it. Oh, that's right. This is beautiful. I love that carol and the the yes. um by John lullaby yes. arrangement. That's right. And mm. the the arrangement of the Billy Joel song yes. and beautiful new arrangement of Away in a Manger as well too. Mm. Uh, so I think you're getting that sort of Christmas themed music, um, and then of course you know the carols that um, happen at the end of. I think I think we've almost never done a Noel Noel concert without um, Silent Night and O Come mm. All You Faithful. Uh, Hark the Herald is also a regular feature as and as it is this year. So yes. I think it's just that joy of coming back to performing, actually doing what we love doing at Christmas instead of having the sort of fear of trying to put, you know, the last two years have been, everybody's just had every digit crossed that a performance will go ahead and every group in Sydney have had their hopes dashed mm. more than once and it's just lovely to be at that stage. Even, as I said before, we're not free of the pandemic but we are at least on the road out. We have those processes that allow us to safely um, get up and do what we love to do. It's been awful as a singer mm. to think that the the, the thing that we love doing most that has always been the most innocuous and joy-giving pastime suddenly became something that was so, you know, perilous and yes. it was considered to be such a terrible thing that we couldn't possibly, you know, indulge in such an activity. Still at school we can't sing in choirs but mm. um, feel as though there's a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel so we can all heave a collective sigh of relief and just enjoy the concert whether from the stalls or on the stage yes and indeed there's going to be harking back to the idea of of some renaissance or early baroque music there's going to be some wonderful brass music featured in this program and um and that was the the tag uh, live and luminous and it really it really is all of that absolutely well i haven't heard it yet but i shall be looking forward to it i know that there's there are some new things in there as well, too, I think. Yes, yes. Um, one of my own. Oh, well, funny you should mention that. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, look, um, I am aware of time, Lindy, and uh, thank you very much for joining me on the program today. You're very welcome. All the best with the concerts coming up. Likewise to you. Thanks, Hugh, and I'll be seeing you soon, I'm sure. And thank you for joining us. This has been Tales of Baroque with the sublime soprano Belinda Montgomery and your host, Hugh Ronzani from the Australian Brandenburg Orchestra. <laughs>